0: The latest employee engagement surveys are showing that people want to be able to bring their whole person to their jobs, and mental health is a key component of this. But I would say that many of us CEOs are not sure how to be supportive. Our guest today, Paula Allen, is a global leader, a senior vice president at TELUS Health And she leads a team of data scientists, researchers, and experts in organizational health, communication, and behavioral change. And she's here today to share with us what we can do to better support our employees' mental health and why that's good for our businesses. Paula Allen, welcome to How I Turned the Corner.
1: It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So let's start by just talking about what I just said. Why is this such an important topic for leaders?
1: I think if you look at what's important right now uh, and what separates organizations that thrive and those that languish, it's it's really not supply chain. It's really not technology. I mean, basically, there's a level playing field and all of those things. It really is their people. You know, if you're in a service sort of industry, it's how people interact with you, the level of problem solving, you know, what they bring to the, the interaction with their customers, how they actually represent your brand. If you're doing anything that is of a technology nature or manufacturing or anything else, it's really the innovation that people bring to the table, how they work together, how they actually accelerate your business. I don't think that there's been ever a time when the well-being of people hasn't been more important because that well-being leads to the things that make a difference in an organization.
0: Such a good point. So, so let's let's talk about your what what you guys do. Tell us, like, what what is the tool that you offer that can help CEOs?
1: Well, there are tools. Oh, great. (laughs) There are many many different things that we do because this is a complex issue and we want to make it easier for people. So at TELUS Health, we have services that support employers in terms of the mental health of their employees, the physical health of their employees, and the financial well-being of employees because all three make a difference and all three impact each other. So, for example, employee assistance programs, virtual care programs where you can access a medical health practitioner, uh, pension uh, design and, and savings programs, all of those things. Uh, and But we also have a 360 view of what's going on in terms of health and well-being. We support physicians, we support pharmacists, we support governments. So we have a really nice rounded picture in terms of what makes the difference. And I've been in this industry over 20 years. Years, and I've been researching over 20 years uh, in one role or another. And I can say one of the main things that people do need to focus on is mental health and well-being because it impacts everything. It impacts your physical health. It's related to your financial well-being. It's related to the quality of life, your view of your employer, as well as your work productivity. So there's many things, but mental health can never be out, outside of that mix.
0: And what is, what is the, you know, so what are some of the behaviors that you think like managers can be, be bringing into this conversation to help, help encourage mental health care and and just self-care for their employees?
1: Well, we actually have a mental health index, uh, where we get a lot of our information. So uh, I'm going to give you what we found in that. But just to give you a sense of what that index is, you know, I think we've all heard the, the term or some variation of the term, you cannot improve what you don't measure. And what we found is that it was very difficult for business people to get a measure on what's going on in terms of the mental health and well-being of their people. Like, usually you get things from your insurance uh, carrier or provider that talks about people who are accessing service. But there's many people who don't access service. And and every one of us is on some place in this mental well-being continuum. Uh, So we developed the Mental Health Index. We started researching it in 2017. Uh, launched on a monthly basis in 2020, and we do deep dive. So it's not just what's going on with the population, but what makes a difference. So back to your question. Yeah. Manager traits as expressed through certain behaviors makes a huge difference. When managers uh, were team oriented as opposed to individually focused, so either on themselves or individually focused on each, each team member, that made a difference. Inclusiveness made a difference as well. And what was interesting about that is that it made a difference not only to you know uh, de- you know separating people who felt excluded versus included but even those who felt included before when others were included when your environment was just generally inclusive people did better everyone did better um just basically kind you know there's there's still a little bit of Uh, that thought around, you know, tough love that if you give somebody too much recognition, you know, they're going to get lazy or they're going to get, you know, a a big head. That is exactly the opposite of what happens. People are motivated when you support them. People are motivated when you care about them. People are motivated when you're kind, even in very small ways. And people end up disengaging. Having their minds become smaller and more anxious when they're in hostile environments. So I mean, those are those are completely clear. Those three things are your base. Those are absolutely necessary if you're going to if you're going to prevent negative consequences in your teams. But there were other things that really made a difference as well that we thought were interesting. So when we looked at the highest performing teams, like the ones where you really saw the cherry on top, if the manager was charismatic, that made a difference. And what that is, you know, behaviorally, is that they actually really cared about what, what they were doing. You know, they, they had a, an energy about them and they had a belief that things were, were going to go in a positive direction, that made a difference and showed itself in charisma. And also when managers were confident in making decisions, that also helped their teams. It helped them feel grounded. It helped them feel safe. It helped them respect their managers more. So, you know, the three basic things that i mentioned, but those two additional things really accelerated people's ability to be their best.
0: Mhm. I love that so much. I think I mean I I've been in some very toxic work environments which was really one of my motivators for opening up my business even was just really this deep desire to end suffering in the workplace and to help people feel that way. And um I I still fight up against some of those leaders that will say things like, "Well, those people should be happy they have a job and you know why won't they just do what I tell them to do? I'm giving them a paycheck. And I just look at that and I I feel like it's like people saying like I'm going to do my work by candlelight. And I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to you know I'm going to you know send my snail mail. Like nobody does that anymore, right? We 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 have electricity and we have computers. This is the new, revol- the new uh, revolution, I think, is, is the kindness in the workplace, the bringing the whole person in the workplace. And it's, it sounds like that's what you're seeing as
1: well. Yeah. And we have the data to back it up. So this isn't just, you know, me saying, you know, be kind because I want people to be kind. Like this is me saying that these are important things for business leaders to understand because they will make a difference in your business. And, and just to hear your, your point around, you know, people should be happy that they have a job. Let's, let's sort of break that down a little bit. In our data, you know, there are people who are just working for cash. Like that's it. You know, that's not the majority, by the way. You know, the majority are also really are working because of, they want personal growth. They want interesting work. You know, they want recognition. They want that that kind of social environment. There's many motivators to work. And when people don't have any of that, either because they're not getting any of that or their history has sort of shaped their mind that it's not possible, their mental health is worse. Their, mental, their, their uh, ability to sort of, you know, uh, do that extra discretionary uh, effort is, is, is worse. And the other thing is, you know, being an employee is different than, you know, uh, how, do, how do I put this? We, we have two different sort of work uh, populations. We have employees and then we have gig workers. And we find that, there, you know, there's a place and a time for gig workers, But there's no two ways about it. Your gig workers are not going to accelerate your business. It is those little things in between that people do that that kind of reflects discretionary effort that helps your business move forward. So if you treat people, even employees, as if you just do this task and I'm just going to take care of you in terms of your your, your money, I'm not going to care about your well-being. I'm not going to care about you as a human being. I don't even see you as a human being. You 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 are stingy with your relationship with your employees. You are not going to get that extra benefit of having an employee as opposed to somebody who's just in and out.
0: Hmm. For sure. Um. It kind of made me think a little bit about that sort of like ungigging the workforce idea, right? That that this or even unindustrializing the workforce, and that we've we've been putting people in work that is uh reflective of an assembly line and yeah. it's really not that going to work that way anymore. And so I also, I want to touch on the, just the mental health then of the managers, you know, that a minute, a minute ago when you mentioned the charismatic leader and the leader that is kind and has that enthusiasm, I mean, that requires them to also have a really strong mental health themselves. Yes. Um, did, is there anything specific you'd recommend to leaders to keep their, their mental health up to, to be that leader that people need?
1: Yeah, that is a, it's a super important point because sometimes we forget about it. We put a lot of, you know, burden on leaders and, and forget the burden that they're under as, as well. I, I think that the number one thing is that we have to be, you know, realistic in terms of, you know, some of the challenges that leaders have. We actually did a major study looking at uh, the mental health and resilience of senior leaders. So this was, you know, typically, you know, one level below a CEO and a, and a, and a large org- organization. And uh, with him, it was very strained. And we found that they thought that they, the rules were different for, for them, that even if they wanted to support their people, they felt isolated and that they didn't feel that, you know, there was really that, that latitude for self-support. So that is, you know, you know, forgive me for saying that, that is one of the most ri- ridiculous aspects of our society. The fact that because you have a certain title and a certain role that that, that you can't be human. Um, I think a lot of us and a lot of leaders believe that grit and just being able to push through and the ability that we've always been high performers and been able to problem solve and, and, and get through through things means that we are going to be you know, uh, mentally resilient. It's not so. It's absolutely not so. What happens is when you have somebody who has that that kind of mindset, you know, I'll just push through. I have grit. I've always been able to push through. I'm not going to take care of myself. I'm not going to pay attention to signs. You know, all, all of these things, you end up crashing. And the way it, it ends up happening is, you know, typically, you know, you've, you begin to use your, you know, quote, unquote, superpower. Like if you're a perfectionist, you become very nitpicky. If you are a good critical thinker, you become very critical of of other people. Um, You know, that it shows up with you actually creating a negative environment for people around you. The other thing that happens is that, you know, if you are, you're tending to want to have this kind of, um, uh, you know, push through anything uh, approach, you might not do the work needed in order to build your resilience so you can get through difficult times in a, in a healthy way. You gravitate towards quick fixes. So you're more likely mm-hmm. to use alcohol or non-prescription medication or prescription medication, which is another risk. The other thing that happens is, you know, people get to the point where they're able to work, able to work, able to work, able to do everything. Other things in their life might not be uh, going so well but they burn out and then they leave, which isn't helpful to anyone. So all that to say, I think it is important that, you know, if your organization has an employee assistance program, it's not just for your employees, it's for you. Every single one of us needs to have other people to lean on. And what we found in our research is when leaders lean on other leaders, that wrapped around the world twice in terms of its benefit. Mm. So- having a peer support group within your organization or across your organization, people who, you know, and it's not a peer support group and necessarily I'm, I'm going and I'm, and I'm, I'm, pouring out my, my emotions. It's just having people you can talk to about a business challenge, about anything about, you know, something to distract you. All of that is super, super important. So that self-care is the starting point over and above that. We have found so much benefit to leaders when they are actually taught and trained on how to deal with some issues, certain issues with their employees. Like most leaders want to be good managers, you know, have the traits that I had mentioned before and those behaviors, but who taught, who teaches you that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's all mm-hmm. teaching You know, if you see an employee in distress, how do you deal with that employee, with that employee in distress in an appropriate way? All of that is teachable. So when we have those skills built into the manager profile and support, then manager stress goes down as well.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. I totally agree with you on that. I've uh, We've trained like over 2,500 managers with our management training program that we have that's geared toward small business leaders. And I mean, of all these people we've taught, like the feedback over and over is, I didn't realize I could learn this because <laughs> it really it ties back to the neuroplasticity of our brains right that it, we can we can grow and we can change mm-hmm. so um well, i want to circle back around um to the uh, this idea of inclusiveness and or not idea what you mentioned earlier about inclusiveness because i i think there's another byproduct of this that business leaders need to know which is that when you create an environment where people belong and mm-hmm. they feel like they belong Innovation happens. Yes. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about that? Because I know you've done a lot of work on innovation as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the one of the things that is most illuminative is is when you actually think about children, and you know what creates a healthy environment for a child. Because you know, when you think about it, as adults, we're just large, slightly like, wrinkly children. I mean, they're just human beings in a in a kind of a, a grown up form uh, or a child form, and. It's so important for children to thrive, and I think we all know this, to have this sense of belonging. So you could have a very bright child, for example, and they're in school and they're acing, but, you know, that doesn't get maintained if they don't feel a part of a group, if they feel isolated. It ends up you know we it is such a basic human need to feel part of a, a, a you know a tribe, a community, a family, a group, that sense of belonging. If we don't have it, it actually impacts our brain. You know, it creates an anxiety because it creates a threat. So think about, you know, several hundred years ago, you know, before we had um, food delivery and all the things that we have that will allow us to be uh, pretty isolated. If you were by yourself, you, you probably didn't survive. You probably died. You probably you wouldn't have a community to sort of help you survive because the environment was so, so difficult. Well, that's we haven't really grown out of that. Like we, when we are feeling not a part of something, that kind of anxiety, that kind of fear, that kind of response naturally comes up and shuts down our higher level executive functioning. So your ability to be creative, your ability to be innovative is, is compromised. So that's a long way of saying that, you know, think about how we're built as human beings and what helps us survive and what helps us thrive. And then, you know, that, that, and that, you know, belonging is definitely a part of it. And that's what leads to innovation. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think that's an overlooked thing. And, and I think when we have a leader who is doing that, you know, being that more toxic and creating that toxic environment, thinking that that's going to drive a better behavior, that it's not. And I think the research is showing that and what you just said is another perfect example of that. So, um, so what, what do you feel are some small things right now that, that our, our listeners could do to improve their own mental health or improve the mental health of their employees? What would be some, some sort of final advice that you could have for, for our leaders, for our, our listeners?
1: Well, I'll start with uh, with people improving their own own mental health, because I, I don't want this just to be a conversation about someone else. You know, as we talked about before, you're not going to be in a good place to support anybody else. As a matter of fact, you might create damage if you're not in a great great place. So, you know, in, in the beginning, think about what we need as human beings. So just going back to the point around uh, needing a sense of belonging, what's been happening over the past a couple of decades, actually, is that we've become more isolated as a society. You know, our worlds are becoming a little bit more disconnected from other people. And even the search in general has come up, with twice search in general has come up with, uh, you know, papers and warnings saying that this is a huge health issue, so I do think that we need to make sure that we reach out to others. We have other people in our lives that, you know, you, you actually even have to plan that social connection. We know that stress goes down when you are amongst others. We talked about, you know, managers and leaders having peer groups. Do not underestimate that. And even as a result of the pandemic, two thirds of us are having less social contact than we did before. And that is negatively impacting us the next level of that is when we're feeling a bit overwhelmed, then you know, your social circle might not be enough. It might, but sometimes it's not. And in that case, you have to reach out and get some additional support, perhaps from a professional. So an employee assistance program, for example, and many small employers don't necessarily understand how cost effective it is to have an employee assistance program, That there might be even one available through your insurance provider that you don't even know about, you know, but having that platform of support where, you know, you might only need to have one conversation, especially if you contact that person early and it helps you put things in perspective you know helps you not feel alone in your feeling of being overwhelmed and the earlier and sooner that you do that the less likely that you will have complications and 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 more difficulty and need more more support so that's definitely one thing but generally taking care of your physical health is important as well you know your 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 emotions are controlled by your brain and if you're not taking care of your nutrition your brain is not going to be able to withstand strain. Hmm. Uh, you know. Also, just having a variety of experiences is, is important. You know. We 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 talk about burnout as you know the, you're, you're overworked, but really what it is is your um, you've you've got too little variety. <laughs> you 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 need different experiences in your life, a little bit of fun, a little bit of change of scenery, a little bit of, of, of creativity, all of those things. So take care of yourself, number one. And in terms of taking care of others, you know, being a good support, just think about those things that i mentioned before, just being kind, being empathetic, you know, making sure that people don't feel excluded and you have that sense of belonging. You know, helping people, and this is this is sort of tied to um, that that feeling of being included. A team orientation, like it's us who's going to do X. You know, that gives people motivation as well. And when you see someone struggling, don't turn a blind eye. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to pretend to be a counselor. You sure as heck don't have to be able to fix their problems. But if you don't do anything, then it leaves that person more isolated. If you see a change in behavior, just say, you know, I've noticed that you're coming into work a little bit later. I've noticed that you're isolating yourself a little bit more. I care about you. I'm concerned. Is there anything I can do to help? That alone wraps around the world twice and having people feel seen and cared about.
0: I think that's a perfect spot to end. So Paula, thank you so much. This has been very insightful. And I think um, I'm I'm excited to help bring the message out a little bit more around what you're doing to the world. It sounds wonderful. I think a lot of businesses could be using it. So, Thank you so much for your time, time today on How I Turned the Corner.
1: Pleasure.